Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and we left off last time speaking about adrenal adenomas. And we're going to look at some of the issues, uh, commenting that obviously in a non-contrast CT, often it's very easy to pick up an adenoma based on its density value, typically under 10 Hounsfield units. And we made the point that adenomas do enhance. And so here's a good example. On the left, an obvious adenoma, 5 Hounsfield units. Yet if you measure it on arterial phase imaging, it's 39 Hounsfield units. You couldn't call it an adenoma. Or in this case, same thing. The lesion is obviously an adenoma non-contrast, but it enhances. Or this case, non-contrast CT, you would have no problem making the diagnosis, but now we take it from non-contrast and give contrast to lesions enhancing. So this was one of the great issues. What could you do in the past? Well, of course, if you had a lesion uh, that did not enhance, uh, then it was simple. But if it did enhance, what did you do? You could bring the patient back two days later after the contrast was gone, but that meant the patient was somewhat apprehensive and they had to come back a second time. So people began to look and say, well, what happens with adenomas? Is it different than the washout from metastasis or a primary tumor? And this article by Zolar made the point that if you waited 30 minutes, all adenomas had attenuation values of under 37, and that adenomas were typically over 41 Hounsfield units. So we began to look more closely at what one would call the washout. If you get contrast and a lesion enhances, how does it wash out? So it ended up that an attenuation valuation of under 30 or 37, depending on the article, at 10 minutes was diagnostic of an adenoma. But not only that, how the lesion washed out. Over 50%, typically at 10 or 15 minutes, was diagnostic of an adenoma. Metastasis or primary tumors did not typically wash out that way. So an article by Caroli looked at this protocol. Give 150 cc's of contrast at about 3 cc's a second, measure at 60 seconds, and measure at 15 minutes, and look at the specific um, values. Now, one important thing also about this technique, we mentioned before how adenomas contain fat, and so it's easy to recognize them by the values of under 10. But not, al not all adenomas contain that much fat. So it's possible to have an adenoma that doesn't contain fat. That might be 20 or 30%, or at least what I would call macroscopic fat. This washout does pick up many of those lesions. So it's not just the fat you gave IV contrast, but those non-classic adenomas, the ones that don't measure the 10 or less on non-contrast CT, this is a good way of recognizing them. And that article by Caoli, 92% uh, of uh, non-adenomas and 98% of adenomas with good numbers in this series were correctly characterized. Sensitivity and specificity were 98 and 92%, and the protocol accurately defined 96% or 160 out of 166 lesions. So it was indeed good. And they made the conclusion that with a combination of non-contrast CT and delayed CT, nearly all adrenal masses can be correctly identified as either adenomas, which means leave alone, or non-adenomas. Now, when you look at washout values, there's two ways of measuring. One is an absolute and one is relative. The difference is with the absolute, you have a non-contrast scan. And this is typically the scenario where you basically have a lesion, you do non-contrast, it measures 30 or 40, not less than 10, and then you need to look at it over time. With a relative percentage washout, you don't have the non-contrast. You just have a contrast scan, and now you're trying to save the day by getting a delayed scan and looking at washout. So the relative percentage considers the non-contrast value of zero, or gives a 
guesstimate value because you don't have it while the absolute value actually does calculate it because you did that non-contrast CT. Now the typical thing is a 15 minute delay but a 10 minute delay has also been looked to get better throughput. At a 10 minute delay the relative percentage washout value is 37.5% typically, absolute 52% versus 40 and 60% when you have a 15 minute delay. So if you go for the 10 minute delay your washout percentages will be a bit less. Something to keep advantage of uh, knowing that five minutes is five minutes. These days five minutes is another patient. So let's look at some examples. Non-contrast CT 24. Can't call it an adenoma but look at the arterial phase 56 and then you watch it go from 56 to 28 greater than a 50 percent washout value and so it's an adenoma. Or this case Another example, non-contrast, it's 40. What is it? Well, it goes to almost 80 or 81 with contrast. And then when you go back, you'll see that it goes back down to 42. So really, in this case, it's really, a, it elevates by 40 and washes out. So greater than 60% washout value is an adenoma. There's no problem. Many articles have looked carefully at this issue with these numbers and show that there is significant difference between the enhancement loss in carcinomas and pheochromocytomas typically and metastasis than of course in adenomas. So this indeed works out very nicely. And you can see that the sensitivity and specificity for adenomas were 100% when compared to other lesions. So indeed, uh, that's very important. And here's just some of the numbers from that one article. Um, adenomas, around 32 Hounsfield units. Carcinomas, 72. Pheos, 83. And Med, 66. So it's not just comparing 32 versus 39. It's a substantial difference. So it's easy enough to make the right diagnosis. Now, sometimes it's going to be hard. I mean, in this case, the lesion's a bit over four centimeters. It's modeled in appearance. This ends up at surgery being an adenoma, but I don't think you can really call it an adenoma. The washout values weren't good enough. It has a modeled enhancement. It's concerning to me because if you look at this lesion, look how similar it looks to this patient with metastasis. So you're not going to be 100%. Some adenomas will go to surgery. Sometimes you can follow lesions if you really believe they're an adenoma and there's no history, but sometimes patients will get operated on. The good news is the percent of cases where that happens is indeed very small. Now one point to mention, Blake made this point, that pre-contrast attenuation of less than zero supersedes the washout profile. So if you've got these low density numbers, don't worry about it. Let's say somehow or other for a reason like it was a renal mass case and you measured uh, an adrenal lesion, you don't have to worry about it. If it's under zero, don't sweat it. They also commented that non-calcified, non-hemorrhagic adrenal lesions with pre-contrast of more than 43 should be considered suspicious for malignancy. Okay? Again, we've seen some higher density values in unusual adenomas. We've also seen high density values in hemorrhage. So you want to be careful with this rule. But I think the point is the higher the non-contrast, the more worried you should be. Now, there's one important uh, a thing to remember and there's one potential issue and it's this case. You look at the right adrenal gland, you see a lesion, it's a centimeter. Looks smooth but it's equal to the liver in density so it's high density and if you measure it in fact it measures 50 Hounsfield units. Could be an adenoma, it's small. This patient had no history to go with the patient. Now what you do in this case is you gave IV contrast. 
even without measuring it you can see on the volume rendered images that lesion is indeed enhancing now if you take that lesion on the axial views and you measure it it's now measuring 164 Hounsfield units now you look at the washout and the washout ends up being that it goes from 164 down to 78 so you would say it's greater than 50 percent washout it's an adenoma but here's the catch if a lesion enhances over 100 that really worries me because it could be a pheochromocytoma pheos do enhance significantly and in fact wash out pretty quickly but they enhance far greater than adenomas and this ends up being a pheochromocytoma so my rule is if it enhances to over a hundred do not use that fifty percent or sixty percent rule because you can get burned the same thing in this case peripheral enhancement this does not look like an adenoma and when you look at that peripheral enhancement it's enhancing to 130 140 this ends up being a pheochromocytoma here it's somewhat cystic and this lesion just doesn't give you the comfort anyway just visually of being an adenoma so again that's a very important rule now it's interesting if you look at this article distinguishing benign from malignant tumors and the 10 minute delay in this case where they had very nice cutoffs right remember one thing is they excluded pheochromocytomas because they were felt they were diagnosed clinically well sometimes they are and sometimes they're not I've seen pheos that were not clinically expected or suspected well so this rule you want to be very careful and this article again it's why you need to read articles carefully when you exclude one type of tumor you potentially recognize that it could be an error so again Theos can be an exception to the rule. Be careful. Okay, benign adrenal lesions. What else is there? Adrenal cysts. Different types of cysts. Hard to separate them. Typically cysts of water density, thin wall that does not enhance, occasionally may have septations. They may calcify. Very dense calcifications, although theoretically in high data disease, typically represent old hematomas. Adrenal cysts can range from a centimeter to 10 centimeters. Here's a nice one in the left adrenal gland. Water density, it's a leave-alone lesion, no problem. Uh, on contrast-enhanced scans, they typically do not enhance. So again, it's not going to be an issue in terms of diagnosis. Another example, non-contrast uh, CT scan mass. Looking at that image, you might think even it could be a uh, renal cyst. Measures water density. Look at a coronal display, it's obviously adrenal classic adrenal cyst a leave alone lesion I mentioned the adrenal cyst that time can have calcification in the wall and here's one such example and as I said if you see lots of calcification it's cystic it's going to be benign but it's probably an old hematoma this is not how a typical simple adrenal cyst in fact looks so when you see it like this don't sweat too much it's a benign lesion but it's probably an old hematoma and we'll come back to hematomas a little bit later but that's a good example. Now, in this adrenal incidentaloma, there are other lesions that we do consider, and lesions that do have calcifications. Remember I commented, a peripheral calcification, you think about hematoma. But you also should think about, with calcifications more central, a myelipoma. Yes, I know that neuroblastomas calcify, and adrenal cortical carcinomas calcify, metasomas never calcify, but I think the appearance of calcification is indeed different. So let's look at one other benign tumor, and that's an adrenal myelipoma. It's a very important tumor because we see it in older patients in the same age we typically see cancer. It's always benign. It's composed of fat and hemopoietic tissue. It may have punctate calcifications. 
Just like renal angiomyelipomas, they have a range of fat present. So here's one that's a centimeter. It's all fat in the right adrenal. Here's one left adrenal, some minimal swirls. It's almost all fat, an obvious case. Another example, right adrenal, larger mass, 6 cm, all fat, myelolipoma. What about this case? There's a little bit of fat and punctate calcifications. Well, if you look at that in a coronal display, again, the fat, the calcifications, this is the case where the calcifications really help me because I know there's a myelolipoma. Punctate calcifications, touch of fat. That touch of fat is just like renal AMLs that Bosniak writes about saying, you have any fat, call it an AML. Same thing in this case. Another example, a bit more fat, punctate calcifications, oval to round, again, very nicely shown in the 3D image, which gives you a really good feel of the fat that is indeed present. Now, myelipomas can be larger than these lesions. They can be up to seven to 10 centimeters. Here's one with a moderate amount of fat. Again, you could think of other adrenal lesions, but when you look at the lesion, you do some measurements, the fat kind of wins the day. That's a myelolipoma, no problem. Easy diagnosis, typically left alone. Now, myelolipomas do not have any chance of becoming malignant. It is possible for them to bleed, so that could be one issue why larger myelolipomas are removed. Here's another nice example. Punctate calcification, multiple foci of fat, it's a larger mass. They can be larger. This is six centimeters plus, but again, it's benign. It's typically a leave alone lesion. One pitfall potentially is this case, this ends up being a large AML, adrenal myelipoma, but it's not hard to understand why this can be confused with a retroperitoneal liposarcoma. There can be some overlap. It's uncommon, but you know, there is that chance or at least something to think about. I mentioned bleeding before, here's a great example. Patient with flank pain, it's an adrenal lesion, mainly fat, you have swirls of high density, classic for an adrenal myelolipoma that bled. And again, that's not all that uncommon, something good to recognize. And here's finally one more case, again, showing you calcification, showing you fat. Perhaps the calcification relates to old hemorrhage. We can't prove that. Speaking of hemorrhage, let's finish this talk looking at adrenal hemorrhage. Adrenal hemorrhage is something that's very interesting. It's something that the radiologist often makes a diagnosis when there's no clinical suspicion. It's typically high density and non-contrast CT, can be unilateral or bilateral. When it's bilateral, it worries us because in those cases, the patients can be Addisonian. Uh, it's more common in females. Uh, it can present in funny ways. It can present as an acute abdomen, a myocardial infarction, or sepsis. Most commonly, it's due to Coumadin, but can be due to hypercoagulability states for other reasons, stress, infection, an underlying tumor, for example. Trauma is a common situation. Patients who have resection of the liver, in this case, look at the right adrenal gland. It's high density. That's hemorrhage. Uh, resection, kidney, liver can lead to adrenal hemorrhage. Or this case, here's a classic example. Swirls around the adrenal, it's oval, central high density, classic for hemorrhage. Now with unilateral hemorrhage, one adrenal working is fine. Two adrenals not working is bad. You're in Addisonian crisis. Patient from the NICU, neurointensive care, benign tumor resected, doing terrible, looking for sepsis, looking for a cause of sepsis. Well, what you have here is high density adrenal lesions round. This is classic for bilateral adrenal hemorrhage. The patient needs replacement therapy and will do fine. If not, this patient can die. So bilateral adrenal hemorrhage, as in this case, 
we've seen this in oncology patients is indeed critical to recognize because if you don't recognize it, the patient can go into Addisonian crisis and can die. Now, I mentioned one other cause of adrenal hemorrhage, and that's underlying tumor. And we've seen a few cases like this one, right flank pain, rule out acute cholecystitis. It's an adrenal bleed, but it's a lot of mass effect. So you better worry the patient has an occult tumor. This patient ended up having a lung cancer metastasizing to the adrenal gland. Sometimes the bleed is the initial presentation. Or this case where the bleed is seen in a large adrenal, but you really don't see a mass. This is, you see this big bleed. I mean, you do see mass effect, but you don't see what you would suspect to see with adrenal carcinoma. But this indeed was an adrenal carcinoma. The last point to make, and I made it before and I showed you an example, is when you have trauma uh, leading to hemorrhage, when you have Coumadin leading to hemorrhage, what happens long term? Sometimes the glands become small and atrophic. Other times there's rim calcification like that case or this case. Again, what else can give you rim calcification? You think about infection, that it calcifies the entire gland, TB or histo for example, and the gland tends to be smaller. This has to be an old hematoma. I don't think there's a whole lot of other choices of what you could be thinking about. So uh, when I see this, it's a benign lesion, again, in that category of leave alone lesions. Well, we've covered a number of different benign lesions beyond adenoma. Why don't we take a break and let's pick it up next time and we'll finish up the benign lesions and move toward malignancies. And with that, wish you a great day.